Are you ready? Oui, je mets tout dedans. Coup de pied, coup de vie, coup de dents. Oui, je mets tout dedans. Coup de pied, coup de vie, coup de dents. Chapter 4. Are you ready? Good evening and welcome to episode four of Molière and the Fat Lad. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Fat Lad, are you there? Hi. Yeah. Good to hear you. So we have a rant packed pod for everyone today. Um, so that's to look forward to. Um, and we're going to kick off with some very important statistics. I believe that Fat Lad, you've been analysing uh, the the pod stats. Could you enlighten us, please? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think our problem last week uh, was uh, we were worrying that. Uh, that uh, maybe too many French literature students uh, might have found their way to the pod. This week, it's more of a worry that uh, too many misbehaving men might have chanced upon us. Perhaps, uh, perhaps they're attracted by the unfortunate word lad in our title. But um, the thing is, I'd like them to stop. We don't want you. This isn't a pod about booze, birds, bottoms and football. This is a pod of ideas. This is a pod fueled by France's greatest man of letters. A pod of, of philosophy, of romance, of existentialist texts and fine wines. So just go away, lads. Stop it. Have you finished, Fat Lad? I'm not sure about that Fat Lad. Really? Are you sure, Fat Lad? Um, right, well, that was a very welcoming start to the pod. So for the... Um, the two people that are left. Um, uh, let's let's crack on. We're going to begin with the. Take it away, Pilar. The sports section. Thank you. Yes, that's right. Um, the sports section. Uh, I'll kick off with the sports section and I would like to talk about um, an aspect of sport that is very little reported. It's underreported um, because um, with a lot of um, sports, there are inevitably injuries. Um, and it's a, it's a sad, sad truth. And I have a personal experience to um, to share with you all. Uh, a recent injury from playing petanque. And um, yeah, I injured. I'm not sure which finger it is. Go. Maybe you could edit that bit out. That would be good. Good of you. 
and um, and I, I injured my uh, index or whatever that one is. Um, yeah, playing petonk. Did you did you injure yourself or did someone do it to you? Well, yeah, actually it was a self-inflicted injury. Um, I was um, trying to juggle with the petonk balls and they're, they're made of, the thing is they're made of metal and I'm not a very good juggler. So, yeah. But nobody, a, nobody stopped you, did they? Nobody stopped you? Well, no, I was just, I was copying other people actually, but they obviously knew how to juggle better than me. Leading you on. Yeah, easily, easily led. You are talking rubbish, fat lad. What social class were they? I mean, were they were they wearing culottes? They they uh, no 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 they were they weren't wearing culottes at all. I'm not sure about that fat lad. Shall we start this episode again then? I'm a bit worried about my statues now. I think um, you know this this um, episode we could probably call the the happy pod. Um, yes. Um, well, do you have anything to add on any of what's been said so far? Nope. <laughs> Thanks for your contributions, Pat. Let us see where this is going. I think we could perhaps um, move on to the next section. Take it away, Pilar. The literary section. Everything is about the listener. An old woman said, in French, of course. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it in French. C'est pas le soleil qui donne la couleur, c'est le vin. And you could maybe throw in the odd French word as well, which would be nice. Yeah, I could throw in the odd French word. You could have the odd bottle of wine and it would all be very authentic, wouldn't it? Well, it's funny you should mention wine, actually. I just got to uncork this one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if we should be doing that on podcast. <laughs> no, it's just getting a bit low. I'm going into the kitchen to get the bottle of wine. Another bottle, Moliere? There is not hope. Hmm. Very nice. So you can join me with a glass of red, white, or rosé from the Chateau Montagne. Very, very nice red. A cheeky red, a dirty rosé, and a flirty white. Very cheap, but very nice. Just contact Moliere and the fat lad to place your order and we will wing it as soon as possible. Muchas gracias. Au revoir. Have you had enough? I've just been reading the book Too Much and Never Enough by Mary L. Trump, which about half the world's probably reading at the moment. She's Donald Trump's niece. She's an eminent psychologist. So both of these, of course, are excellent qualifications for writing this book. And she's a really very good writer as well. And the, the, the thing about this book is, you won't be surprised by anything in it, right? But but she kind of fleshes out 
the reasons for the colossal idiot who's currently standing at the pinnacle of the world and determining all of our fates um because what because the story she has to tell is is a story of extreme family dysfunction this is with this is with added billions which doesn't actually make that much difference at all really um she doesn't so, so she creates this picture of just trauma and, and as I say, dysfunction, but not in order to excuse him, because, of course, some very lovely and really kind people come from trauma, but to explain him. And it's not catty until the last five pages, which, of course, are brilliant, because then she really lets rip into him. But, yeah, it's just uh, there was there's a grim inevitability about everything that she writes. And... Um, yeah, as I say, it's not surprising, but I think it's the definitive work on Trump. It's worth reading because, well, I mean, I, it is worth reading, although unfortunately the people who need to read it are probably the ones who are not going to read it. Um, it's not salacious either. It isn't a tabloidy book. It's profoundly sad, actually, and she's profoundly sad. And you get this sense that she isn't really settling scores. She's just... You know, she's bringing her professional skills and her um, and her position as a member of this dreadful family in order to try and explain what just to try and explain what to many people seems so inexplicable. And she doesn't really she doesn't really begin to to, to understand why 60 odd million people voted for him. She doesn't get that at all. I don't think anyone's ever really going to get that aside from kind of glib observations that he just kind of draped himself in the flag and said what people wanted to hear but anyway yeah I thought it's much better I, I mean I wanted to read it anyway because I of course it's been in the news a lot but it's much better than I thought it would be and it's much more it's much smarter than I thought it would be it's a really good book recommended excellent thanks for that fat lad um this takes us on to um, the the next section, which is Pilar. The news section. So the news. Well, I've just got a quick update for. Um, um, our uh, listeners that have been paying attention and that is the patrick balcony update now you know this guy um <laughs> is now being accused of misuse of public money again does he work a lot could um, <laughs> could we get him on the pod no i don't want him on the pod no but oh. just to I know what you you what you would like is to have a chat with him at that favorite cafe of yours. Oh, oh, I'm on for it. No, try and get him on the pod. That'd be brilliant. If we're going to have a regular balcony section, well, uh, might as well have a balcony. Yeah, well, I'll, I think I'll just put balcony to bed, actually. No, but I mean, surely he's not going to refuse the national poet an interview on the pod, is he? He wouldn't. His ego is so huge yeah. that he would, you know, he would accept any invitation. Um, Moliere has been nodding his head in a sage fashion. But, um, yeah, if you insist, we'll, we'll see, you know, stay tuned. Yeah. And, and you know, watch this space. Well, listen to this space. Sorry to go. Maybe you could edit that bit out. That would be good good of you we we um we're gonna have to um take a break shortly because i've got a plane to catch um for the next section um so come on yeah if you just kind of you know bear with with me i've got to um catch a plane um for the for the rent or the uh having a uh, word section what Moliere this is the 18th century 
What do you mean you've got to catch a plane? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we've, I've got an, an important interview to. Well, what a, is this? What is this plane that you you're referring to? Are you are, are you are you talking about being carried aloft on the wings of genius and poetry to your destination, which is presumably bordered bordered with sunset? I think that's probably about right, actually. Yeah. Well done. The Having Award section. What would you like me to say? <laughs> say it again. Uh, there are very rare aurora borealis here. And where is here? Anywhere. Here. Okay. Anywhere. Non, tu sais, on dit ça dans l'avion. There are very rare aurora borealis here. Would you like beer or wine? Mesdames et messieurs, nous venons d'atterrir à New York. Il est 15 heures passées de 40 minutes. La température extérieure est de 33 degrés. So John, um, yeah, well, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, very kind of you. And uh, um, just to uh, get down to it quite quickly, um, I think you've got some things to say on the protests in in Portland. Is that is that where it's been kicking off? Yeah, I mean, it's nationwide, which is really great. It's up for the police violence, but. Um, I mean, just about every single city now is is protesting. But yeah, it's uh, in Portland and, um, and a little bit in Salem. I'm actually in Salem, which is like, I don't know, 40 minutes drive to Portland. Um, and there's protests here, too. But in Portland, uh, it was bad just with the cops. And, and the irony being that all these protests, the thousands of people, the irony is They're protesting against both against racist uh, cop, cops being racist and just general police brutality. And the irony is the cops are responding by 10 times more police brutality. And I mean extreme people blinded by rubber bullets, tear gas. You know, they're beating people with batons, these batons. And and that was the cops. But now Trump has brought in. Nobody knows who they are. They're saying federal agents, but they're not. They're mercenaries. I don't know if you know who Eric Prince uh, is. Uh, no, who's that? Blackwater. Well, I don't want to go. That's go. Look oh, it it's up. going too far. Okay, we'll look it, it up. It's, Blackwater, it's, yeah. It's a big Pandora's box. But Blackwater, basically, he's he for years, decades, um, uh, has had all these mercenaries where we go. Before it was other countries. Now it's here. It's, and he also happens to be the brother of Betsy DeVos, who's the head of education now. But anyway, um, so nobody knows who they are. And they're literally just taking uh, uh, peaceful protesters. And they are. The thing is, is uh, this is a great thing about, you know, social media has uh, pluses and minuses. The plus is um You can videotape everything, and it shows the truth. If you can go to my pack, I've got two Facebook accounts. Actually, some got deleted because Facebook is big brother now. But if you scroll down, I've got tons of footage of police brutality, and it shows protesters not doing anything. They're standing there or a lot of times listening to people speaking you know, about racism. In Salem... Where I'm at, I, I was at a protest where, oh, and there's white Aryans all around. 
they're they're like circling there's the cops the protesters white aryans armed to like they're they're in vietnam war i mean and this one time some uh somebody was able to videotape this is in salem not in portland this was like a month ago um was able to videotape some of the cops walking over to the white aryans who were kind of like behind the protesters you know and and telling them like hey uh go into your car or go in, into a space just just for a little while because we're about to tear gas the protesters. These were cops warn, forewarning the white Aryans, the Nazis, you know, to like stay away for a bit. And the protesters have these curfews and there's white Aryans there. They have no curfew. They're armed to the hilt. And anyway, that's kind of the main. But now it's just getting so what? What was that you were saying earlier about the um, the the vans? Oh yeah, the, yeah. So these um, non-identified uh, mercenaries—they're um, just picking up in Portland, picking up protesters and uh, handcuffing them, putting them in these unmarked vans, and taking them away. And nobody knows where they are. And now Trump's uh, sending more of them. Like I know in Columbus, Ohio. Portland's like the first place they started this. They're they're hitting all the the more liberal Democrat uh, political or like the governor and the mayor of Portland's like more liberal minded, you know. So they're hitting all of them first. You know? But so that's, that's kind of it's it's a total war zone right now. I'm not sure how much mainstream uh, now they're showing a little. They're only showing a little bit more because all not just these uh mercenaries but the cops ha have been doing the same to journalists you know they've been like they, this one journalist got blinded same thing with rubber bullet you know beaten up tear gassed and as soon as they see them recording and and they go after them you know dogs they have some of them have dogs who are like mauling people it's it's really unbelievable um but uh have yeah. You, have, so, you, anyway, have you have you have you been out on any any of the protests? Yeah, yeah. Just just once in Portland and a couple times in in Salem. Um, but I'm trying. I'm ordering stuff, so I'm more so that I'm more prepared than others. When you Good say that. you're ordering stuff, what do you what do you what are you ordering? Um, gas mask, goggles for when they use tear gas. I've got this heavy duty, my brother is paramedic and he gave me this coat that's like one of those winter things, just for the rubber bullets. Mm. So what, how would you describe the, um, the USA right now? It, it's a war zone. I mean, literally, it's like there's white Aryans that are working with the cops and it's it's... Oh, well, it's between the protests and the cops and white Aryans, there's all these um, uh, non-mask people <laughs> who think it's a hoax. And but I mean, they're protesting and they're actually they, they're attacking people who are wearing masks. It's like wow. just really it's totally insane, you know. So it's yeah, the country is now it's and i'm not exaggerating any of it it's 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 uh it's it's like a war zone and i and i've been talking to some other americans and people saying um yeah see this is why i don't like democrats either i mean democrats better they're not as evil as the right wing but they're weak but a lot of the beginning of the resurgence of white aryans was during ronald reagan's years and what those leaders did was they pulled in youth and they encouraged them to become cops. And that's why most of them are still members of white Aryan groups and they're cops. And that is why the racism is there, you know, so much of it. What do you mean they pulled them in? They pulled them in for what do you mean? The, the, these white nationalist groups um, would, would like recruit, you know, young guys. We need outside help because right now they are pushing it to a fascist regime i mean that seems exaggerated but it's it is not at this point 
you know, and it's gonna it is gonna turn into Nazi Germany if people don't if we don't like do so. And and the biggest problem is um, the cops are with them. The cops are right wing, you know. So it's like we don't have a military to help us, you know. That's oh, that's the Jesus. problem. But then they would also encourage them to become police. Uh, yeah. And that's who the wow. cops are today, you know. So that's yeah. like that's like 40 years later, it's those same cops that were like young little 18, 19 year old guys, you know. And uh, it wasn't. It's not arbitrary. That's the thing. The right wing. Um, they're actually brilliant. You know, everybody thinks they're stupid, and it's like the voters are. <laughs> pretty ignorant but the ones uh you know the movers and shakers of the right wing is like they they look ahead and they have an agenda and it, i mean it's an evil agenda yeah so um are you uh so yeah final point about the 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 covid because obviously that's the biggest news mainstream news over here about the u.s they're talking not a lot about the protests that are obviously still going on but they're they're they were bombarding us with the number of deaths in in the u.s from the the something like 140,000 right now and it's like daily the in the thousands you know wherever and and it's like these morons well now we're calling them kobe idiots oh lovely yeah because they're they're going to the beach they're having parties even though some of them there's been some there was one guy uh it was posted on facebook one guy like it showed some of his facebook remarks saying like i'm not wearing any of those dumb masks you know this is all a hoax you know and then his next thing was it's like yep it's a hoax you know it's like I'm, I'm going out to a party and then the next thing is like oh i've just been tested positive and then the next thing it was uh it, these were things he commented on his own facebook page the next yeah. thing was it's like god man i can hardly breathe from this coughing and then the next thing was so-and-so died you know on this date and da-da. but it's not affecting these the ones that think it's a hoax they're just like it's unbelievable <sighs> Wow. It's amazing what brainwashing does. You know, it's, it's, I'm sure they're the same people as the flat earthers. And, uh, you know, I do. It's like, it's just. I've met a few of those in my time. Yeah. I used to be one of those actually, but. A flat earther? Huh. Huh. Well, it sounds it sounds that the the impression I get is scary, and then talking to you hasn't reassured me at all. I think I might, I think I better make sure I don't miss my flight back. Yeah, <laughs> you might be stuck here. Oh no, yeah. Well, that's another thing that um, I, I'm pretty sure is intentional, and this is my conspiracy theory. But over the years the push and push and push and promotion of more guns and people having more guns and now they did it on purpose because now it's really like it's cowboy country it's like you say the wrong thing and somebody will pull out a gun on you everybody's carrying not everybody's carrying around guns the wrong people are carrying around the guns well i was just thinking that actually yeah yeah it's the wrong people it is is, wow uh, yeah but yeah. it's, it's, and it's, and yeah, I, I blame it on, well, the right wing being evil and again, the Democrats being really weak. Well, they, yeah, because they kind of, they kind of want um, the, the breakdown of, uh, of society, don't they? That's yeah. kind of like one of their, one of their plans. They're, they're, they're loving the COVID and the, 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 the demonstrations. It's, it's, uh, it's all right. good for them, I think. Right. Oh, oh. And in, Damn, you, man. in Europe, be careful uh, out there. Be careful. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's now getting it's Jeez. pretty violent just being outside, you know, like uh, wearing a mask. Yeah. 
Well, I would just like to say, you know, I would really love to come on the demonstration this afternoon, um, but my plane's leaving quite soon, so I better go to the airport. But next time, I'll pop over again. I heard it was like Tenement Square. They're not letting anybody out of the airports in Portland. It's like Tenement Square. They're shooting at planes. Oh, you might word. be stuck. I might. Oh, um, you might have Moliere with you for Moliere <laughs> for the for the, for the inde- indefinite. Yeah, we'll do that bit again because you you hey, said that's cool. you said you, you said Moliere like it where you were surprised. Yeah. So God, you might end up with Moliere stuck with you for uh, for <laughs> who knows a month or two. I'd have to do the pods from pods oh, from America. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Paris. It is 20 to 4 p.m. local time. The temperature is 33 degrees Celsius. We wish you a very nice day. Thank you. Right, yeah. Uh, sorry, I've just, just got in. Um, I hope I haven't kept you waiting too long. Uh, quite, a, quite a long trip, actually. Um, right, so... Well... Thanks for that, Moliere. I mean, I'm still really confused as to as to just how you managed to get to the new world and back in just a matter of days. I mean, must be a good ship. What's going on? Well, as my French friends say, quite often, it seems, it's not 1789, you know fat lad mm, whatever uh, it's not 1789 fat lad 1889 fat lad it's not 17 <laughs> fat lad it's not 1789 you know you know <laughs> you know I know you think that for some amazing feat of technology and and time travel that I'm sitting in my chateau in 1789 but um I don't have a bedpan um you know um I do have a rant actually and it's not really on a par with um John's but um you know in its way equally important perhaps the other day right i um i was up really early on a saturday morning um and uh there's a house near me that's been bought for relet so the, the new owners are sort of doing it up making it habit inhabitable or habitable and um uh they were like drilling and making some really unsociable noises before eight in the morning so i went over there and i said um you know do you not think it's a bit early to be making so much noise and their response was oh we'll shut the door then Were they the balconies? Well, they were landed gentry, obviously, weren't they? Well, that's good. That's good then, isn't it? So they were wearing culottes. Well, fortunately, they were, yeah. Yeah, Fortunately. A bit of internecine, tough, dawn dueling on the cards, I think. Well, yeah, I... I had to stand on a rock and look over their fence. Right. To have a have a word, you know. With your telescope. 
didn't need unfortunately i didn't need a telescope so were they the same were they the same toffs who threw bull balls at you earlier (laughs) violated you with their balls in the bulodrome does he wear culottes um no no completely different and the other the other the the bull the bulls people weren't um weren't toffs oh that's right they weren't wearing anything were they that's right yeah dead giveaway there my Mm. mistake god it's kind of handy though it's kind of handy though that you've got an instant kind of way of recognizing who's on your side or not yeah so i was you know obliged to go and stand on the rock right so did you did you invite them to beat the bracken with you after that or (laughs) or no we're not we're not on beating bracken terms actually i don't think after that so they're not really toffs are they they're kind of nouveau toffs yeah that's uh, you you've hit it on the head actually yeah yeah so their culottes are just a kind of pretense really aren't they yes they 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 look they look they look like they they weren't used to wearing them no exactly exactly yeah goodness me I didn't like the cut, I didn't like the cut of their jib. No. Evil. <laughs> They're not in the oubliette yet. Yes, sir, Smollier, I couldn't agree more with you, eh? <laughs> okay, I'll get back to me Molière podcast um, yeah. attitude. <laughs> I'm a bit worried about my statues now. Right, I think that's probably enough of um, of that. And uh, over to you, fat lad. I believe you've got a few words you'd like to uh, to make. Are you having a word? During the pandemic, while our rulers appeared to be conducting a hideous Darwinian experiment through the obviously abominable policy of herd immunity, we have had the option of either accepting this or railing and raging against it. But we accepted it, for the most part. This is largely because we have for decades been conditioned to look down on and abhor the vulnerable members of our societies and communities those who do nothing but negativity to our patriotic, gross, domestic product. The leeches would die. The leeches should die. Weed them out. If we disagreed, we would be staying inside and doing everything we could to protect the weak. And in some countries, but not in the West, this has been the case. In the West, however, there has been an almost orgiastic flowing into the street, and into every space, and into every one's space. This is who we are, devoid of all last dregs of any residual idealism. And all while the fractured left's refusal to compromise, and even at times pursuit of this fracturing, has led to a resurgent and extreme right governance not seen in Europe for 90 years. The extreme right, meanwhile, perhaps because of an inherent cynicism, have had no problem in pursuing compromises and deals in order to achieve their ends. In Britain, for example, Nigel Farage's Brexit party stood aside in order to hand a king-made election victory to Boris Johnson's Tory party. In Hungary, Viktor Orban's Fidesz adopted wholesale the iconography and beliefs of the neo-fascist Jobbik party in order to achieve, at first, electoral success, and latterly, a dismantling of most electoral norms. In the US, the Klan have happily and openly endorsed Donald Trump. The left's response to all of this has been merely to intensify the fractious and hopeless civil wars that they have been fighting for decades. Amidst all this hate and division, always welcomed by the right, the only consequence has been the inevitable victory of that right. So this this has been not only foolish, but also unacceptably stupid. 
The left, whether we like it or not, is a vast territory. They're no vaster than the right. It reaches from Clegg to Corbyn, from AOC to Biden, even from Macron to Mélenchon. And the visceral hatred within that loud and vast expanse is strong. It was obvious that Joe Biden would win the nomination, mainly because of the wide and huge support that he secured from African Americans, but also because of the complete failure of the high-profile progressive left candidates to work together. Supporters of those candidates, who agreed on pretty much everything in terms of policy, liberally shared the hates and the death threats and the stupidity. And stupidity really is the main issue, it being so galling to be so continually outthought by the racist grotesques of the right. In the last UK general election, for example, high-profile Green candidates stood in seats that they couldn't possibly win, but where they would split the vote sufficiently to allow unwanted, unpopular, climate-change-denying Tories through to victory. Absurd. In the US, in a similarly ungreen splurging of resources on a venture that could only ever spoil and could only ever assist the climate-despising Trump, Jill Stein stood as a candidate in 2016. Years before, the supposedly green-minded Ralph Nader's campaign, much more successfully, actually made a difference. But that difference was the election of George Bush Jr. to the presidency rather than Al Gore. And we all know what that meant and means. To the world. I fail to see what was green, socialist, progressive or left in enabling a world of constant war, climate change and hate. But certain sections of the progressive left, despite four years of the most unbelievable horror, seem determined on more of the same. So intense is their hatred of Biden. It's ostriching and it's ostracizing. Our conveners of taste and politics, meanwhile, have abused their positions. Surely one reason to be of the left is a belief and concern for common humanity, an empathy for suffering, a wish to right the ills of the world, of any world and every world. But many allegedly progressive journalists, often those same journalists who call for third-party spoiler candidates, will not once be seen or heard or read to criticise the actions of Vladimir Putin in the Caucasus, or Ukraine, or Russia itself. This is troubling. As in the genuine absence of a credible, thorough and trustworthy mainstream media, we need to be able to respect and to trust the alternative. And they had my respect. But their sins of omission, as they relay their partial world, have removed my trust. This refusal on their part to tell some of the world's saddest stories and worst war crimes is not only an insult to academia and journalism and truth, but a calculated insult to survivors and the bereaved. It also rankles to see these pundits launch so many repeated crusades against the mainstream media while taking the Russia Today ruble. Because there ain't no more mainstream media in the world today than Russia Today. But you wouldn't turn to Russia Today for updates on the war in Donbass or the prison camps for homosexuals in Chechnya. Those pundits in the pay of Russia Today are never going to interrogate these events. Their aims, therefore, are at the very least questionable. And they may be shocked to realise that they are on the same obnoxious wavelength here as figures like President Macron, who has been talking about how we should have a strategic dialogue with Russia, aware, as he is, that most of the public, kept entirely in the dark about illegalities and atrocities to the East, will have no problem with such an aspiration. This is ludicrous and disturbing in equal measure. Ukraine's autonomous integrity is not Macron's to dialogue about. If France were to invade and permanently occupy Belgium on account of the large number of French speakers there, he wouldn't be entitled to a strategic dialogue with other European leaders as to how to make the situation legal and permanent. But even more difficult to accept than the, than the duplicity of our leaders and the indifference of our mainstream and alternative journalists is the fact that most ordinary people do not agree with us. Boris Johnson remains popular even after the tens of thousands of needless dead that he has presided over during the last few months. He is so popular that we really must accept that pure idealism alone will not defeat him. 
We should always remind ourselves that what Modi, Orban, Putin, Bolsonaro, Duterte, Trump, Johnson and many others all have in common, aside from membership of the new pantheon of nationalist monsters, is that they were all democratically elected. So if any new third candidate were to match Mr. Nader's success, this will only result in four more years of Trump, the Klan, the creationists, and even racist autocracy by decree. If we deliberately choose to continue to shun pragmatism, alliance, compromise and honesty, we are destined to continue to lose until such time as we change our minds or the world finally ends, whichever comes soonest. Purity for purity's sake is meaningless in our real world full of so much noise. It will matter even less in an eternal vacuum. Could you repeat that last point you made? Despite living in a pandemic, it's still amazing how little sense of crisis people seem to have about anything, you know? And, uh, and, the, and the need for immediate action about anything. People are still kind of, you know, it's a bit like the way that the environment started improving. Mm. during the, And now, and so, and so we hoped that this would actually set off a kind of sea change in attitudes towards car use and how we treat the planet. But of course it hasn't. Of course it hasn't. You know? Well, quite. And some people are just popping over to America for, for interviews and things like that, you know? Yeah, but to be fair, like tra- traveling in a sailing ship is fairly green as green things go. So don't be too hard on yourself. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, you can pretend it's some kind of bizarre flying contraption if you want, but that's just your imagination. Your, your, your celebrated imagination, I should say. Yeah. Interesting take on that. Thanks, fat lad. I'm not sure about that, fat lad. So, yeah, um, any, uh, anything else you'd like to, um, anything you forgot to say in the, I think it was pretty comprehensive, very, uh, quite a compelling, uh, compelling uh, speech, to be honest. No, I'm just disappointed in everyone. Um, Moliere has been nodding his head in a sage fashion. But I do think there is a fundamental difference between being rubbish and being evil. You know, and it's like clearly, clearly there's a difference. And and whatever we think, however rubbish we believe Biden to be, and I think we're probably completely right in our beliefs, the alternative is evil. You yeah, know? absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, I think the principles do work for some people sometimes. Look at um, Chuka. <laughs> and also the balconies. And the balconies. Back to the balconies. Well, I think... Um, We'll we'll wrap up um, this section and we'll we'll kind of get Pilar back in on the case. Pilar, can you come and announce the next section, please? Dubliette section. Muchas gracias, Pilar. Hasta pronto. Yeah. So just to translate, um, thanks, Pilar, and uh, see you later. Um, yeah, so what did she announce, actually? Oh, yes, the um, the oubliette. Who's going in the oubliette? Shall I put some people in the oubliette first? Oh, yeah. Well, I've chosen two people this week, sorry, um, to overcrowd it even more, but I'm going to put them both in because they're both as guilty as each other. Um and they're my oh, wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Let's just put my stock back in there again. You seem to be making a break for it. Back in you. Sorry, on you go. <laughs> yeah, God, what's up with that guy? He keeps breaking out. Um Sorry. Uh yeah, I'm gonna put in the um the two people in my village who were making um unsociable noises um before eight in the morning on a Evil. Saturday. Well, I don't know about evil. Just like people are inconsiderate. I mean, they just maybe they need a bit of time to think think about things. Evil. Hmm. And what about what about you? Who's who's going in the uh, oubliette? 
Yeah, well, I, I can't quite match that one, but um, I thought, um, yeah, uh, Attila the Hun. Attila the Hun? Mm. What, what did he do then that deserves him going in the Oubliette? <laughs> Oh, could I just add a rider? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, do don't just um, repeat anything that I say mm. um, verbatim. Do 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 some research because there might there might be errors. I'm not saying there are, but you know, it's but it's possible. It's well, it's good you said that because I've had a number of people come up to my flat during my shielding this week and i've been rapping on the windows shouting yeah. i work for moliere and i like it oh really yeah yeah it's, ta- it's taking off it's taking off well no i mean you know that that's obviously genuine i mean you know that uh, i'm not forcing anyone to say that so if they're if they're saying it of their own volition then um yeah you can take that as um you know the 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 truth well, I had a couple of balconies on my balcony yesterday. <laughs> I work for Moliere and I love it. I work for Moliere and I like what it. The f- I work for Moliere and I like it. I work for Moliere and I like it very much. I work for Moliere and I like it. I work for Moliere and I like it. I work for Moliere and I like it. <laughs> I work for Molière and I like it. Mm. I work for Molière and I like it. I work for Molière and I like it. Yay! Shall we start this episode again then? And yeah, and keep um, keep smashing that like button. Um, of course, goes without saying. Subscribe. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, keep those donations coming in. Um, yeah, we... send send um, send money to Molière because he likes money, as you know from chapter <laughs> one. Well, I just want to I want to share the wealth actually because if you give us money, then we'll give you some merch. And um, yeah. I think Fat Lad, you've got a, you are you going to share uh, one or two of your um, merch ideas with the uh, the listeners? Well, what size donation would it have to be for you to send them your finger? I don't want to send anyone my finger. What are you talking about? That's just insane. No souvenir from this episode that would do except for your finger, given given its central role. In well, the I could, character. I could, I could send them a, the the offending petonk ball, um, yeah. or ball, um, maybe with a signature on it. Maybe fat well, lads and Molière could sign the ball. Mind you, because can you have the, the the injured finger attached to the ball <laughs> to the ball in a kind of display case for a hundred um, quid? Come on, for a hundred quid, yeah. that's a lot of money in the eighteenth century. Yeah, you know, the problem I have with this is that I'm just worried about how, about the postage. I think we'll end on that. Thanks very much, fat lad. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what are you like? Here we go. Arete Don Registro. Lo Have you had enough? Another bottle, Molière. Another bottle of red, Molière. There is not hope.